Welcome to St. Anne's Church in Washington, D.C. as we commence Holy Week with the solemn entrance of our Lord into Jerusalem on this Palm Sunday. We stand and sing together our entrance hymn, All Glory, Laud, and Honor. All glory, Lord, and honor to thee, Redeemer King, to whom the lips of children made sweet hosannas ring. Thou art the King of Israel, in David's royal son, who in the Lord's name cometh, the King and Blessed One. All glory, Lord, and honor to Thee, Redeemer King, to whom the lips of children made sweet hosannas ring. The company of angels are praising Thee on high. And humankind and all things created make reply. All glory, Lord, and honor to thee, Redeemer King, to whom the lips of children made sweet hosannas ring. The people of the Hebrews with palm before thee went. Our praise and prayers and anthems before thee we present. All glory, Lord, and honor to thee, Redeemer King, to whom the lips of children made sweet hosannas ring. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. As we enter into the holiest of weeks with Palm Sunday, we pray the Lord will walk with us as we walk with him to bear our crosses out of love for him who bore his cross out of immense love for us all. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who, as an example of humility for the human race to follow, caused our Savior to take flesh and submit to the cross, graciously grant that we may heed his lesson of patient suffering and so merit a share in his resurrection, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord God has given me a well-trained tongue that I might know how to speak to the weary a word that will rouse them. Morning after morning, he opens my ear that I may hear, and I have not rebelled, have not turned back. I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard. My face I did not shield from buffets and spitting. The Lord God is my help, therefore I am not disgraced. 
I have set my face like flint, knowing that I shall not be put to shame. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? All who see me scoff at me. They mock me with parted lips. They wag their heads. He relied on the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him if he loves him. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? They divide my garments among them, and for my vesture they cast lots. But you, O Lord, be not far from me, O my help. Hasten to aid me. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Indeed, many dogs surround me. A pack of evildoers closes in upon me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? I will proclaim your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, give glory to him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, and found human in appearance. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even on a cross. 
Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every other name. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. For those who are with us in the pews, you may find the Passion Narrative on page 51 of your missalettes and take the part marked Chorus. The Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. One of the twelve who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? They paid him 30 pieces of silver, and from that time on, he looked for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples approached Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time draws near. In your house I shall celebrate the Passover with my disciples. The disciples then did as Jesus had ordered and prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Amen. I say to you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed at this, they began to say to him, one after the other, Surely it is not I, Lord. He said in reply, He who has dipped his hand into the dish with me is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes, as is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. Then Judas, his betrayer, said in reply, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. He answered, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and giving it to his disciples said, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant which will be shed on behalf of many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you from now on, I shall not drink this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it with you anew in the kingdom of my Father. 
Then, after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, This night all of you will have your faith in me shaken, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be dispersed. But after I've been raised up, I shall go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him in reply, So all may have their faith in you shaken, mine will never be. Jesus said to him, Amen, I say to you, this very night before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even though I should have to die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples spoke likewise. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took along Peter and two of sons of Zebedee and began to feel sorrow and distress. Then he said to them, My soul is sorrowful even to death. Remain here and keep watch with me. He advanced a little and fell prostrate in prayer, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. When he returned to his disciples, he found them asleep. He said to Peter, So you could not watch with me but one hour? Watch and pray that you may not undergo the test. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Withdrawing a second time, he prayed again. My father, if it is not possible that this cup pass without my drinking it, your will be done. Then he returned once more and found them asleep, for they could not keep their eyes open. He left them and withdrew again and prayed a third time, saying the same thing again. Then he returned to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Behold, the hour is at hand when the Son of Man is to be handed over to sinners. Get up, let us go. Look, my betrayer is at hand. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived, accompanied by a large crowd with swords and clubs, who had come from the chief priests and the elders of the people. His betrayer had arranged a sign with them, saying, The man I shall kiss is the one. Arrest him. Immediately he went over to Jesus and said, Hail, Rabbi. And he kissed him. Jesus answered him, Friend, do what you have come for. Then stepping forward, they laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. And behold, one of those who accompanied Jesus put his hand to his sword, drew it, and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its sheath, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot call upon my Father and he will not provide me at this moment with more than twelve legions of angels? But then how would the scriptures be fulfilled which say that it must come to pass in this way? At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out as, as against a robber with swords and clubs to seize me? Day after day I sat teaching in the temple area, yet you did not arrest me. But all of this has come to pass. The writings of the prophets May be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Those who had arrested Jesus 
led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. Peter was following him at a distance as far as the high priest's courtyard. And going inside, he sat down with the servants to see the outcome. The chief priests and the entire Sanhedrin kept trying to obtain false testimony against Jesus in order to put him to death, but they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward who stated, This man said, I can destroy the temple of God and within three days rebuild it. The high priest rose and addressed him. Have you no answer? What are these men testifying against you? But Jesus was silent. Then the high priest said to him, I order you to tell us under oath before the living God whether you are Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him in reply, You have said so. But I tell you, from now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has blasphemed. What further need have we of witnesses? You have now heard the blasphemy. What is your opinion? They said in reply, He, he deserves, deserves to die. Then they spat in his face and struck him, while some slapped him, saying, Prophesy for us, Christ. Who is it that struck you? Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. One of the maids came over to him and said, You too were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it in front of everyone, saying, I do not know what you are talking about. As he went out to the gate, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, This, this man, man was with Jesus the Nazarene. Again he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. A little later the bystanders came over and said to Peter, Surely you too are one of them. Even your speech gives you away. At that, he began to curse and to swear. I do not know the man. And immediately a cock crowed. Then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken. Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. He went out and began to weep bitterly. When it was morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. They bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, the betrayer, seeing that Jesus had been condemned, deeply regretted what he had done. He returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in betraying innocent blood. They said, What is that to us? Look, Look to it yourself. Flinging the money into the temple, he departed and went off and hanged himself. The chief priest gathered up the money, but said, It is, it is not, not lawful, lawful to deposit this in the, the temple, temple treasury, for it, it is, is the price of blood. After consultation, they used it to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why that field, even today, is called the field of blood. Then was fulfilled what had been said through Jeremiah the prophet. 
And they took the 30 pieces of silver, the value of a man with a price on his head, a price set by some of the Israelites, and they paid it out for the potter's field, just as the Lord had commanded me. Now Jesus stood before the governor who questioned him. Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You say so. And when he answered, and when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he made no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they are testifying against you? But he did not answer him one word, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now on the occasion of the feast, the governor was accustomed to release to the crowd one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had assembled, Pilate said to them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus called Christ? For they knew that it was out of envy that they had handed him over. While he was still seated on the bench, his wife sent him a message. Have nothing to do with that righteous man. I suffered much in a dream today because of him. The chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas, but to destroy Jesus. The governor said to them in reply, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? They answered, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. But he said, Why? What evil has he done? They only shouted the louder, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he was not succeeding at all, but that a riot was breaking out instead, he took water and washed his hands in the sight of the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. Look to it yourselves. And the whole people said in reply, His blood be upon us and upon our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. But after he had Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus inside the praetorium and gathered the whole cohort around him. They stripped off his clothes and threw a scarlet military cloak about him. Leaving a crown out of thorns, they placed it on his head and a reed in his right hand. Kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! They spat upon him and took the reed and kept striking him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the cloak, dressed him in his own clothes, and led him off to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a Cyrenian named Simon. This man they pressed into service to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull, they gave Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he had tasted it, he refused to drink. After they had crucified him, they divided his garments by casting lots. 
Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And they placed over his head the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and the other on his left. Those passing by reviled him, shaking their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself if you are the Son of God and come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him and said, He saved others, he cannot save himself, so he is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross now, and we will believe in him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now if he wants him, for he said, I am the Son of God. The two revolutionaries who were crucified with him also kept abusing him in the same way. From noon onward, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And about three o'clock, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders who heard it said, This This one is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran to get a sponge. He soaked it in wine, and putting it on a reed, gave it to him to drink. But the rest said, Wait, let us see if Elijah comes to save him. But Jesus cried out again in a loud voice and gave up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked, rocks were split, tombs were opened, and the bodies of many saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming forth from their tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. The centurion and the men with him who were keeping watch over Jesus feared greatly when they saw the earthquake and all that was happening. And they said, Truly, this was the Son of God. There were many women there, looking on from a distance, who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him. Among them were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate 
and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be handed over. Taking the body, Joseph wrapped it in clean linen and laid it in his new tomb that had hewn in the rock. Then he rolled a huge stone across the entrance to the tomb and departed. But Mary Magdalene and the other Mary remained seated, sitting there, facing the tomb. The next day, the one following the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that this imposture, while still alive, said, After three days I will be raised up. Give orders then that the grave be secured until the third day, lest his disciples come and steal him and say to the people, He has been raised from the dead. This last imposture will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, The guard is yours. Go, secure it as best you can. So they went and secured the tomb by fixing a seal to the stone and setting the guard. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Allow me first to greet all of you who join us today by way of live streaming of this liturgy of Palm Sunday here at St. Anne's Church in Washington, D.C., and to the few of us who gather in the pews to celebrate this solemn liturgy. As you all know, we have suspended the public celebration of Masses because of the serious concern for our health during this time of the coronavirus pandemic across the nation and so many parts of the world. It is a very strange time, a very weird time, especially for us who are today on a Sunday, and especially on this Palm Sunday, refrain from the public celebration of our liturgical rites of worship. As we have been reflecting these last weeks together, our time away from the Lord at Mass is both very different and a very difficult experience spiritually. The 40 days of Lent in the desert has now been extended much longer than we had hoped. Lent doesn't seem to go away. Like a bad nightmare, we wonder when it will go away and when, if ever, we can go back to business as usual. But there are no quick answers. We wait and we wait and we wait. And yet we hope that all of this will pass in a few months, but who really knows? This is perhaps a unique experience for just about all of us. This is no doubt the most challenging time in every respect. Who of us would ever have imagined celebrating Holy Week in particular next Sunday, Easter Sunday, watching a screen or tuning into a Mass by way of electronic technology? Yet that is where we are, and it's important for us, as we've said before from this pulpit, to accept this strange circumstance and reflect seriously upon its possible message for each one of us. I'm sure we've all had moments, 
these last weeks as we stay away and put ourselves distantly from each other to soberly reflect on so many aspects of our lives and to wonder just what all this means now and to question what the future may have in store for us as individuals, families, communities, nation, and world. Hence, the invitation to Holy Week with the celebration of Palm Sunday today is an invitation to walk with our Divine Lord in a more intense way, perhaps even more this year, given this unique circumstance of the health crisis we're going through. But let us first place the liturgy of Palm Sunday in context. You can read more about this in the notes that we provided on our website. First, Palm Sunday, commonly known to us as the Lord's Passion Sunday, is the gateway to Holy Week and is the first of all the great memorials of our Lord's solemn entrance into Jerusalem when he was about to suffer and to die. He did not fall a victim to man's hatred. Rather, he went voluntarily to his death with royal freedom. His death has been divinely decreed as the purchase for man's redemption. This festive entrance was his wedding march as he proceeded to seal with blood his by bridegroom's love for us all. Secondly, Palm Sunday is a feast in honor of Christ the King. It marks the first time during his earthly life that he allowed royal homage to be paid to him. In royal fashion, he entered the city of the great king, Jerusalem. His kingship was the main reason why he was convicted and sentenced to die. He was therefore a martyr to his royal title. Throughout the world this day, the Church accords Jesus kingly homage. Into our hands, the Church puts palms and olive branches, symbols of our loyalty to him and of our willingness to do him homage. Palm Sunday gives us an opportunity to profess our faith publicly in the King of all kings. Thirdly, Palm Sunday brings us face to face with suffering, for it introduces us to Christ's sacred passion, preparing us for his death on Calvary. We are to share our master's burden, a task that becomes possible only if we ourselves are willing to become soldiers and martyrs for him. Let us now reflect then on a particular theme which shows itself to us as we consider both the solemn entrance of our Lord into Jerusalem as king, amid the exuberant cries of Hosanna, namely triumph, on the one hand, at the same time the proclamation of the Passion that we just heard proclaimed from Matthew's Gospel. Tragedy. Triumph and tragedy. The two sides of the same coin, as it were, which marks this holy liturgy. Jesus enters Jerusalem to the crowd's cheers of a triumphal march of a king. Hosanna to the son of David, the king of Israel. And yet only five days later, to be condemned for having claimed that kingship in the tragedy of his crucifixion. He marches from triumph to tragedy. This is the way most will have experienced that first Holy Week 2,000 years ago. Triumph leads to tragedy. Palm Sunday ends on Good Friday. That is the way the world looks at triumph and tragedy. Another way the world looks at it is pride before the fall, or life ends in death. 
In this worldview, the focus is on the apparent end of things as the world sees it. Tragedy, the fall, death itself. But for us who believe that triumph and tragedy are flip sides of the same coin, however, we see that the triumph of Jesus into Jerusalem will lead eventually to the tragedy of the cross on Good Friday, and yet, at the same time, we know that tragedy of Good Friday will lead to the triumph of Easter Sunday. And so for us who believe, tragedy and death are not the end. They're the beginning. And that reality leads to a new reality of life, life eternal, the resurrection from the tragedy and suffering and pain and death of the world. So triumph and tragedy in the life of Jesus become the template of life and death for us. Life, death, and life again. Let's consider that reality for now in light of the particular circumstances we're going through. Three months ago, more or less, the economy was very strong. Employment was exceedingly good. Things were, relatively speaking, going very well for most of us. Materially. This was the moment of triumph, if you will. Things looked bright. We were all looking to a springtime of life. Winter would give way to spring. Then, seemingly out of nowhere, we were struck down. Tragedy appeared like a bolt of lightning, and everything changed. And it changed so quickly that we couldn't keep up with it. Fear entered our minds and hearts. Then we ran, isolated, hunkered down, alone, and afraid. Isn't this what in large measure happened to our divine Lord, the Son of Man, our Savior? They hailed him, King, on one day. But then the clouds began to mask that sunny day, and the cold of winter returned quickly. Friendships turned into betrayal. Betrayal with a kiss by a friend. People began to distance themselves from him. He would find all of the good he had done in three years of public ministry would mean nothing. No one remembered him for the good he had done. They all began to criticize and mock him. They would hand him over to the most unjust condemnation of no reason at all except to get rid of him, to blame him for their own tragedy of sin, and perhaps to take some consolation knowing that they had found a vaccine for their own problems. Crucify him. Crucify him. They would blare with the same trumpets. They'd hailed him. Make him go away. That will solve the problem, won't it? Make God go away. The real tragedy then, and seemingly since that first Holy Week 2,000 years ago, is that mankind can't seem to understand the intelligible truth, the intelligible truth about triumph and tragedy. That the real tragedy is that we still want to blame God for all of our problems. God is to blame for the coronavirus, some will say. Or to foolishly think that we can get rid of God from the picture, scapegoating. Then we can figure this one out on our own. We can solve the problem. Narcissism 101. Or that all of our problems stem from God who doesn't care, doesn't really want to help, 
really doesn't have compassion or concern and therefore doesn't really exist at all. Modern atheism. Of course, Christianity understands reality differently, that God can solve our problems, that only God can save us from sin, that only in God do we trust, that out of this tragedy comes triumph, that the winter of sin and death will bring the springtime of new life, especially the new triumph of the resurrection, that while Palm Sunday leads to Good Friday, Good Friday will lead to Easter Sunday. And that in all of this, God himself is doing it for us. Not because he hates us. Not because he is to blame. Not because he doesn't know what he's doing. Not because he does not exist. Not because we deserved any of this, but because he loves us. This is the revelation of Jesus. God is love. Because he's the only God the world has ever known who has experienced triumph and tragedy and triumph again personally, authentically, perfectly in Jesus Christ. He knows our life. He knows our suffering, our pain, our loneliness, our fear, our doubt. He knows our sin. He knows death itself. And he walks with us even now on this incredible journey of triumph and tragedy and triumph again. And he took it all on because of his immense and eternal love. And that, my dear friends, is the triumph of this holy day. And every day of our lives now on earth, as we foretaste and experience the promise of the triumph of life over death, of triumph over tragedy in the resurrection of the body. Blessed Holy Week to all of you, from your pastor and from all of us here at St. Anne's. God love you and keep you safe. We stand together as one church throughout the world to proclaim our ancient faith when we say, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things are made, for us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken to the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. Look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Mindful of God's love for us in Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection, let us now pray for the needs 
of all of our brothers and sisters. That the Holy Week commemoration of Jesus' sacrifice may enable us to understand God's saving love more deeply, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That our prayers for an end to violence in all its forms may prevail, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That more among us may be open to hear the call of God to leave all things and follow him in the priesthood and consecrated life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Assisted by our prayers, may the divine physician give courage and strength to our doctors, nurses, caregivers, and our sick, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all the faithful departed, whose journey is ended and destination reached, that they may enjoy eternal rest and happiness, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us now pray for the concerns of all gathered here this day. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Deliver us, Lord, from every evil and grant us peace in our days. In your mercy, keep us free from sin and protect us from all anxiety as we wait with joyful hope the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Kindly be seated now as we offer our collection and we'll note on the screen how you can do that if you're watching by way of our live streaming here at St. Anne's. You may go to stannedc.org slash give. Our parishioners are invited always to use the envelope system and Faith Direct. So again, collections have been suspended as such during these times, but we encourage you to go ahead and make sure that you contribute to your parish because we rely upon that to continue our administration of the sacraments and the work of our facilities here at St. Anne's. We thank you. We want to mention special prayers that go up to Sandra Lowry, who is a very faithful parishioner who is undergoing surgery and our prayers are for her. As well, we pray for the repose of Ferdinand Sass, who died recently, one of our money counters, and we will have the funeral for him on Tuesday here at 10 a.m. It's not open to the public, but we'll have a memorial mass for him later on when the family is able to gather, remembering Ferdinand Sass in our prayers. Finally, palms were not blessed today, but we will bless them later when we can all gather together for those who wish to have palms because of the safety concerns. And join us then on Holy Thursday coming at 12 noon when we live stream our mass of the Lord's Supper. We have Good Friday at 12 noon here at St. Anne's live streamed and Easter Sunday next with Cardinal Whirl as the celebrant at 11 a.m. live streamed from St. Anne's. A blessed Holy Week to all of you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we receive the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth, and work of human hands, it will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we receive the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine, and work of human hands, it will become for us our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. Pray, my brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands, with the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all his holy church. Through the passion of your only begotten Son, O Lord, may our reconciliation with you be near at hand. Yet, by this sacrifice made once for all, we may feel already the effects of your mercy. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For, though innocent, he suffered willingly for sinners and accepted unjust condemnation to save the guilty. His death has washed away our sins, and his resurrection has purchased our justification. And so with the angels and all the saints, we praise you as in joyful celebration we acclaim, Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncheli et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus qui venit in nomine domini, Hosanna in excelsis. We give you praise, Father most holy, for you are great. You have fashioned all your works in wisdom and in love. You formed us in your own image and entrusted the whole world to our care, so that in serving you alone, the Creator, we might have dominion over all creatures. And when through disobedience we had lost your friendship, you did not abandon us to the domain of death, for you came in mercy to the aid of all so that those who seek might find you. And time and time again, you offered them covenants and through the prophets taught them to look forward to salvation. And you so loved the world, Father Most Holy, that in the fullness of time, you sent your only begotten Son to be our Savior, made incarnate by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He shared our human nature in all things but sin. To the poor, he proclaimed the good news of salvation, to prisoners, freedom, and to the sorrowful of heart, joy. 
To accomplish your plan, he gave himself up to death. And rising from the dead, he destroyed death and restored life. And that we might live no longer for ourselves, but for him who died and rose again for us. He sent the Holy Spirit from you, Father, as the firstfruits of those who believe, so that bringing to perfection his work in the world, he might sanctify creation to the full. Therefore, O Lord, we pray, may this same Spirit graciously sanctify these gifts, that they may become the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, for the celebration of this great mystery, which he himself left us as an eternal covenant. For when the hour had come for him to be glorified by you, Father Most Holy, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end, and while they were at supper, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, taking the chalice filled with the fruit of the vine, he gave thanks and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we now celebrate the memorial of our redemption, remembering Christ's death and his descent to the realm of dead, we proclaim his resurrection and his ascension to your right hand. And as we await his coming in glory, we offer you his body and blood, the sacrifice acceptable to you, which brings salvation to the whole world. Look, O Lord, upon the sacrifice which you yourself have provided for your church and grant in your loving kindness to all who partake of this one bread and one chalice that gathered into the one body of the Holy Spirit, they may become truly a living sacrifice in Christ to the praise of your glory. Therefore, Lord, remember now all for whom we offer this sacrifice especially for your servant, Francis, our Pope, Wilton, our Bishop, the whole order of bishops, and all the clergy, 
those who take part in this offering, those gathered here before you, your entire people, and all who seek you with a sincere heart. Remember also those who have died in the peace of your Christ and all the dead, whose faith to you alone have known. To all of us, your children, grant, O merciful Father, that we may enter into our heavenly inheritance with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your apostles and saints in your kingdom, there, with the whole of creation, freed from the corruption of sin and death, may we glorify you through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him, and with him, and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we wait the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace, I leave you. My peace, I give you. Look not on our sins, but upon the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Agnus Dei, vitolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, vitolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, vitolis peccata mundi, Dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Father, if this chalice cannot pass without my drinking it, your will be done.
Oh, sacrament most holy, oh, sacrament divine, oh, praise and all thanksgiving be every moment thine. Begging the intercession of Our Lady of Mercy, we pray. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, Despise not my petitions, thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Let us pray. Nourish with these sacred gifts, we humbly beseech you, O Lord, that justice through the death of your Son you have brought to us hope for what we believe. So by his resurrection, you may lead us to where you call through Christ our Lord. Amen. Bow down for the blessing. May God, the Father of mercies, who has given you an example of love in the passion of his only begotten Son, grant that by serving God and your neighbor, you may lay hold of the wondrous gift of his blessing. Amen. So that you may receive the reward of everlasting life from him, through whom earthly death, you believe that you escape eternal death. Amen. And by following the example of his self-abasement, you may possess a share in his resurrection. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. The Mass is ended. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Join us for our recessional hymn, To Jesus Christ, Our Sovereign King. To Jesus Christ, our Sovereign King, who is the
the world's salvation. All praise and homage do we bring, and thanks and adoration. Christ Jesus, victor, Christ Jesus, ruler, Christ Jesus, Lord and Redeemer. Thy Extend, O King, benign to every land and nation. For in thy kingdom, Lord divine, alone we find salvation. Christ Jesus, victor, Christ Jesus, ruler, Christ Jesus, Lord, and Redeemer. To thee and to thy church, great King, we pledge our hearts' oblation. Until before thy throne we sing in endless jubilation. Christ Jesus, victor, Christ Jesus, ruler, Christ Jesus, Lord, and Redeemer.